Welcome to episode 165 of The Lab. I'm your host, Brad Barton. This episode is one in a series on nuclear energy. You can find the other episodes by visiting thelabwithbrad.com. If the reaction in your nuclear power plant gets away from you, it will get too hot. Whatever your cooling system is, won't be able to keep up. Most reactors use solid pellets of fuel, sealed inside fuel rods. The gases that are produced while the nuclear reaction is going on build up pressure inside those rods. When your coolant system fails, or the chain reaction starts to run away, the pellets of fuel melt. So can the fuel rods. You've also got a high likelihood that somewhere in your high-pressure cooling system, something will fail, and there'll be an explosion. That explosion can spread radioactive material. Some of the gas that's sealed inside those fuel rods is radioactive. That can get spread for hundreds of miles. If your reactor uses water for a coolant, heavy water or light water, it has to be kept under very high pressure. The higher the pressure you keep water under, the hotter it has to be before it'll turn into steam. To keep it from just turning into steam, it has to be kept under that high pressure. When they started to try and make nuclear power plants small enough for aircraft, one of the things they looked at was liquid metal. Unlike water, it doesn't have to be kept at super high pressures to stay liquid at high temperatures. In fact, if you're using something like lead, it has to be at a high temperature or it won't be a fluid at all. One of the more popular metal choices is sodium. The disadvantage to that is that sodium is highly reactive. If you drop a small amount of it in water, it will explode. If you combine sodium with chlorine, you get sodium chloride. It's the same thing as table salt. Just like metal, if you heat salt up enough, it turns into a liquid. It turns out if you know your chemistry, you can actually make uranium or plutonium salts. One way to avoid a meltdown is to start with material that's already melted. After the nuclear-powered plane program was shut down, there was a program to look into the possibilities of a molten salt reactor. This took place in the 1960s. They actually did build one. Its radiation shielding was going to be a pool of thorium salt. It would stop the neutrons, and at the same time, create more nuclear fuel. A test reactor was built, but they left the thorium blanket off, so they could count the neutrons. You need some exotic material, carefully manufactured, to make a molten salt reactor work. Well, material science has come a long way, and a number of different nations have projects to build their own molten salt reactors. They do come with certain intrinsic safety features. For example, in Britain, there's a company called Multex Energy. Their reactor runs on waste from other reactors. Britain has a sizable stockpile of plutonium that's being stored as waste. The Multex reactor can use that as fuel. The reactor fuel is kept in tubes. The tube assemblies are dropped into the core, 
The core is made of some sort of material, usually graphite, that can slow down neutrons. The slower neutrons mean that the chain reaction will continue. When the material gets hot enough, it expands. Some of it crawls up the tube, outside of the reactor. The neutrons it's making don't get slowed down anymore, and the chain reaction slows. As it cools, the material goes back down the tubes. More of it's inside the core. More of the neutrons are slowed down, and the reaction increases. It's self-controlling, within limits. The coolant is also molten salt. This means if something happens to the tubes, and the fuel leaks out, it will become dissolved in that molten salt, to spread out, to sustain a chain reaction. If the active cooling system breaks down, a passive cooling system is activated. There are no switches or fans or ducts that are moved. Simply high enough temperatures cause the air floor to take place, like air in a chimney. The tubes are also vented. The most dangerous gases, like cesium and iodine, become chemically bonded in the salt and don't occur as gas. There are other radioactive gases that bubble out of the fuel mixture, but they can be stored for a few hours or a couple of days at most, and then they're harmless. All well and good for nuclear fission. But what about nuclear fusion? We'll talk about that next time. See you then.